0: So call 877-714-1318 and discover the foundation's recovery network difference today.
1: This is Rich Roll and you're listening to
0: Silver Guy Radio. Yo, what's up? Thank you for tuning in today. Thanks to humans for bringing us in. Thank you for supporting the show. Check out humans music. You can go to www.dashumans.com That's D-A-S-Humans.com Also check them out on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Uh, much love and a big thanks to them. I'm stoked to get to our guest today is one of my favorite dudes spreading truth and positivity around the globe uh, But before I introduce him have a few announcements uh, Number one be sure to check us out at that You can get past episodes resources there uh, You can also see when the next live shows are and uh, be sure to connect with us on instagram and twitter at real sober at real that sober guy on instagram Uh, and then if you're on Facebook, uh, check us out at the private Facebook group, sober guy, sober girl. Uh, I think there's just over 600 people in there trying to stay sober, all different points. So it's a great way to connect and, uh, and, and stay in tune to your sobriety and your recovery journey. What else, man? I got a whole list of them here. I'm putting together a podcast video course with some top professionals and some, uh, some of my closest homies in the recovery community. Uh, It's called How to Navigate the First 90 Days of Sobriety. If you're interested in being notified as soon as the podcast video course goes live, uh, which will be September 1st, go to thatsoberguy.com, click on Courses. You can sign up to receive updates, and there's also a quick video there uh, if you want some more info. We have an official launch date of July 17th for the new weekly Tuesday Sober Guy show with the big homie Seth Manter hosting. Uh, If you want to reach out to Seth directly with any questions or just want to say congrats, you can hit him up. At Seth at ThatSoberGuy.com. And we had so many requests for more content. And let's hear more from Seth. And we thought, man, what a great way to uh, to do it. than uh, for Seth to just get on Rock His Own Tuesday Show. So we're really pumped about that. And then uh, we have the first live show. First live Sober Guy show coming September 7th at the Phoenix Theater in Petaluma, California. Uh, special guest TJ Woodward will be there. He's the author and creator of Conscious Recovery. So we're going to have some fun At this badass underground punk rock venue. Really an iconic spot um, in the Bay Area. So check that out. Um, Last but not least, if you have any questions about whether you or a loved one may need some help, you can contact Foundation's Recovery Network at 877-714-1318. They have nationwide residential and outpatient facilities. And uh, they can provide a confidential assessment and review the best treatment options for you or your loved one's situation. One more time. That's one eight seven 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 one four one three one eight. David Ratchford, what's up, man? So good what? to have you back. Yeah, it's it's been a while, huh, dude? I was looking. It's been since episode ninety nine, and when this goes live, this will be episode two hundred two. So wow. yeah, it's it's been it's been a long time. It's long overdue for sure. I know we've been trying to link up for
1: a few weeks uh, now, man. How are you, bro? I'm doing well man but it's been so long man it, the last the last I connected with you was I sent you a text to set that said shove your hand up my ass and jerk <laughs> off my shit <laughs>
0: I forgot about that. I got to pull that shit up. I don't know what the context of that was. I'm sure it wasn't literal. I hope no. not at least.
1: No, uh, no, no. No, <laughs> no it, it was something that I'd I'd read from uh, David Sidaris, and he was talking about how people, you know, have insults in in different Classic. parts of the world, you know. Oh, like yeah. like in you know, here we might say something like eat shit, you yeah, know, fuck or, off. you know, <laughs> you know, but but I think this was from Romania. Yeah, oh, shove your hand up my ass and jerk off my shit. Dude, like, that is some <laughs> brutal brutal shit right there and it would just like leave you wondering like wtf yeah. man could you, so, could you imagine if you got in, like a
0: cab or something like over in uh some different part of the country and yeah like, you got like, into it with the guy and he told you that like romania I don't, like, yeah man i'd be fucking clueless like did he just did he just say that i think he did <laughs> and then you reach into your wallet and pay him whatever he wanted <laughs> pretty much just <laughs> to get the fuck out of there i'd be gone yeah right. oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um yeah, it's been a, it's been a while man. I can't believe that 202 episodes. Congratulations to you and uh, yeah, and Super Guy Radio. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, thanks man. We're moving along dude. We're having fun. Um I always say the day that I stop having fun is the day that I won't do this anymore, you know? So yeah. I mean that's uh that's really what it's about and uh it's cool to see the platform growing, bringing the big homie Seth on board and all kinds of cool stuff, man.
1: Cool. What? Yeah, that's that's sort of why, um, you know, last time we connected, I was still doing the, the Better Human show and, and you have now you've got Das Humans sponsoring your show. That's pretty yeah. cool. Um, but I put that show on pause specifically because it wasn't putting, you know, it wasn't putting a smile on my face. And, there, you know, right. there were some some issues that. Um, I was like getting caught up in the editing and I wanted to up the quality of it. Um, and I, and I just didn't want it to be like another, like kind of mid-tier podcast, even though I was getting decent downloads, Yeah. but, um, but it stopped like really filling my heart with joy and feeling like I was just adding to the conversation versus just kind of creating more noise. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's like, like, just about anything, you know, if you're you're not having fun with it, if it's not adding to your life, you got to keep like evaluating things in terms of your values. Is it adding or is it like becoming a chore? And if it's becoming something that you really just, I mean, yeah, you got to grind, you got to work for sure. um, But, you know, sometimes you got to drop something in order to allow something else to come up, you know, like to create space for something new.
0: Well, totally, man. And like if we're talking about just specifically like podcasting in general, um, dude, it is it's a lot of work to post production and getting in there and, and, and you know, sound, making sure everything's the quality is good. And it can be overwhelming at times, too. And I know like one of the things um, that I've I've done, you know, continuously now, probably over the last year is I just stopped the mindset of that I can edit. Almost. Like I, I literally had to change change my mindset because I always went into the mindset of cool, I can cut that out later, I can edit it, I can um, I'll fix it later on and it was creating like more work. And so it's done two things for me. Number one, it's made it's made me a better host in my efficiency. And I still say stupid shit, but I just, you know, some every once in a while I got to clip something or whatever, but for the most part, it's really cut back on having to do a lot of that post-production that was taking so much time. You know, now I can pretty much, um, you know, put the file in and throw, throw the music in there. And for the most part, I, it's like, I always say it's like in and out. They have like this, this system that they use and the system doesn't really change and it's fluent. And every once in a while you get a hiccup or whatever. Uh, but when it starts becoming a, a job, And, uh, you know, when I, like I said before, if I stop having fun with it, man, that's, I don't, I don't want to do it anymore.
1: Yeah. So, so you're like adapting the idea that when when you're done, it's done and good enough is, is good enough. Cause like, otherwise you start getting in your way, um, you know, and, and you start seeking that perfection, um, that, that perfect product, you know, and and if, you know, and, and if you're, if you're on a limited budget or whatever, you know, then it really gets in the way of your output and When you start hiding that, you know, you're not helping the world by spreading the message. So how how did
0: you come up with um, with the final decision? Because a lot of people can't let shit go. I know I'm one of those people. You know, we tend to I tend to hold on to things sometimes, you know, so you had to come to a moment. Just I'm sure there's been other things in your life, too. But let's just use the podcast, for example, where you said, you know, like that decision had to be made, even though you, you probably still wanted to do it maybe you could. Yeah. And like, I, you know, how did and that I look? still
1: do like, like, I still want to do it. I, I still see that back coming back in my future. Mm-hmm. Um, when I either release that perfectionism or when I feel compelled to, you know, or I've got new contacts that I really want to talk to and, yeah. and, um, and create that conversation. But, um, but for me, the thing that, 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 uh, that, Mentally, I said, "Hey, I, I'm ready to let this go temporarily." Um, I just said, "Hey, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna hit pause on it." Yeah. Um. You know, because because I mean, that's the whole thing about like you know even so- sober living. You know, it's like <laughs> you're gonna quit yeah. it. You're like, you like you say, "Hey, this." This isn't really serving me anymore, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> you I know? think I'm gonna go maybe, f- sit at the bar. Maybe, maybe I ought <laughs> to stop this for a little bit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then you string the days together, you know. Yeah. Um, but you know, you create space for something new in that in that way. You know, it's like maybe I'm actually gonna start dealing with my shit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, and and. If you're always on the go and always on the go, uh, you know, really you can hide yourself in that kind of workaholism, you know. So whether it be alcoholism or workaholism or or whatever it is, you know, you're just burying your head and keep plunging forward, but you're not dealing with your shit. Oh yeah. It's gonna come back and it's gonna come back and get you. Oh yeah. Um, But for me, I just said, okay, I'm gonna take a little break, see what comes up. And um, and for me, what came up was like. Okay, you know I'm a yoga guy. Yeah. Right. And so I had started teaching yoga and got involved with a. I think that was another thing. I got involved with a really good yoga studio.
0: And Um, can I add, thank God you don't have a man bun.
1: Thank you, brother. Like, (laughs) you know, I'm just gonna say it. We'll we'll get into that. We can get into that story. It's been a while, and you've probably got some new listeners that might not remember all of that. If you know, Um, hopefully, hopefully the four or five that were listening back then. Maybe you two, know, maybe two,
0: if I'm lucky, dude, Are, are I don't still, know. are still with us.
1: <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway. Um, but I got involved with a yoga studio and, and, you know, was being called to teach more, you know, and now I'm teaching at a, at a popular studio in town, um, which is, which is kind of a trip. So like, I, I had like a new role model thing to go into but I was teaching another four or five hours a week and you know with a podcast easily it's four or five hours a week you know and so yeah. that time just kind of evaporated for me and then as I got into teaching you know it was like people were responding really well to it you know and they were saying whoa you know you're you're a big guy you're not <laughs> like the, the type of guy that usually teaches yoga yeah. you know and when we when we and we stereotype this that you know it, it's you know, a, a vegan soy latte drinking, you know, man bun wearing, you know, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. There's definitely where, a stigma behind it, especially for right. uh, for men. Yeah, where, whereas I'm like a, a 235 pound, you know, like fairly muscular guy, um, you know, Navy veteran, um, and um, you know, I, I, I'm physically intimidating. You know, <laughs> six six yeah. one, and you know, I mean. It's, it's like, but now I'm teaching this sort of, um, I I heard, I've heard it described as, you know, yoga is a martial art that you practice on yourself. Huh. Um, and I like that, you know, it's like, it gets you into your body, into your breath. And that's the, that's where we need to deal with things. You know, things come up where, you know, you're doing something that's hard or stressful and you're like, you want to run away, but you know. If with the proper guidance you can get through it right yeah. well yeah
0: it's, it's like having those outlets to uh to release some of that stress the anger I, like i'm I'm doing a um uh, a step study right now in cr and man one of the one of the top things out of a I mean more than half the guys in this group is anger and and I know all you know for for me too I mean it's all like that that fresh it's kind of like a for me, it's kind of like a, a a hybrid of anger and frustration and I've gotten much better at it, but it still pops up. So what are those outlets that I have, you know, to, to deal with some of that stuff? Is it, you know, go, go on a jog or go to the gym or do a podcast or uh, go on a walk, whatever, go to a meeting, whatever it is like you're for you, yoga, you know what I mean? For a lot of people, yoga, meditation, prayer. Um, I hear, uh, you know, when I talk to a lot of guys, or people in general, so well, well, what are you doing to you know to kind of um, you know, fight back against some of that stuff? Well, 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 nothing. You know, what I, mean? I don't really do. I just I work, and you know what I mean. Yeah. I come home and I'm fucking exhausted, and yeah, um, you know, yeah. and that's the normal thing. Dude. And it it
1: it didn't work for me for a long time doing that. Right. So so here's the, here's a trippy thing. You know, like like to talk about anger specifically, and I don't know if I shared this with you on the on the, the last time I was on your show. So when um. And I, I've made peace with this, man, and, mm-hmm. and this was probably, okay, there are a couple things that happen in our lives, you know, chances are you can look back at one or two things and say that was the worst thing that ever happened to me. And then yet 10, 15, 40 years later, you know, you look back at it and say, wow, that was a hell of an opportunity mm-hmm. and I'm glad it happened because that gave me a gift, yeah. right? And somewhere a couple years ago... I was doing some work. I was doing a lot of yoga and, um, you know, that one of the things that comes up in yoga, especially in teacher training, you know, we talk about, and and to, to put it in the context of the me too era, there's, there've been a number of, of, of scandals involving, um, prominent yoga gurus who, you know, have had relationship, inappropriate relationships, um, from sexual harassment to Mm -hmm. sexual assault to, to rape, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it comes up. And so we were talking about this in class and in, in the teacher training, and it's not uncommon for a teacher training to be, you know, 80 percent plus women. So, you know, yeah. consider it like if there are 10 people in the training course, there's going to be eight women and maybe two men, you know, and that's typical. And that's kind of the typical about 25 percent of the students at, at yoga studios now coming up on 30 percent now are, are, are men. Um, so in the yoga environment in the United States, men are in the minority. Anyway, some, some, the topic of, um, sexual, call it assault because inappropriate touching and stuff came up and like something hit me, you know, because like all of these women were dealing with, um, with a history of sexual abuse, or something, you know, yeah. some sort of trauma. some sort of traumatic experience, right, right, some sort of traumatic memory, and what happens in yoga practice is because you're moving through different positions with your body, with your hips and your organs and all of this stuff, like emotional stuff comes up because the the way our brain works, you know, the emotion. When we actually have sensations of emotion, that is our body feeling a memory, right? Mm-hmm. So that so we are perfectly capable. I mean, humans are the only pe- people. Humans are the only people. <laughs> we're the only beings that can think something, whether it be positive, like if you think about your kids and the funny thing that they do, and and it makes you just like happy and giggly, yeah. and or or you know you know your son brings you a card for father's day and it's you know and he spent some time coloring a little picture for you and 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 it just warms your heart and so and then you physically feel that in your body in yeah. your heart right same as with anger if you can go back to a time when something really bad happens you know your breathing changes you you know you you get tension yeah you, you know, anxi- anxiety and all this stuff so our memory triggers physical sensations in our body. Emotions, physical sensations, are the, are, it's the physical embodiment of a memory. Yeah. Okay? And, and so yoga is a practice that can move you through this stuff, you know? So um, like some like a lot of people are talking about ayahuasca and all these trips that they're yeah, using I've to heard liberate themselves.
0: Yeah. There's all kinds but, of that shit going on right now, especially in, in the recovery community. I've been hearing about yeah. too.
1: too. And I'm not, I, I haven't used it, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, me, me either. And, but, but another way of, of getting there um, is through perhaps yoga practice. Hmm. And the thing is, is it might take years in order for that to work, you know? So, so here I was, I was practicing yoga. This is going on, probably, uh, this would be about two or three years ago and all this anger stuff was coming up. And I was just like, Whoa, wait a second. What, what's happening here? I'm like moving through this. And, um, I realized how much of everything that I'd done was anger based. Okay. So going back to like why I joined the military I joined the military because I wanted to be um, a Navy SEAL. So I joined the Navy. And, of course, some things happened where um, I didn't quite get right into the school. So I was like, OK, well, I'm in the Navy. Yeah. This is where I got to be if I'm going to be a SEAL. I'll just do the best I can and, and work hard. And eventually I'll get there. Right. And so I'm doing my job and everything's cool. Um, and then I get hurt. Right. Hmm. So here I am at 23, 24 years old, best peak shape of my life. And I had applied to the school. I'd gotten in. I was about six months away from going. And crash, you know, everything like I, I ruptured a couple discs in my back. My leg collapsed. I couldn't walk. I couldn't do my job. And then that just led the process of me getting ground down and turned into a fine pulverized powder. Where then I was ejected into the VA medical system, um, and um, for some reason, my body told me don't do surgery, hmm. and my doctor was pretty good, you know he said the doctor I had was said you 've got a one third chance of getting better, a one third chance of no change, a one third chance of being um, worse, so you, you, two thirds no change or worse, one third better i 'm not taking that that those odds, yeah but they also gave me a shit ton of Percocet, and, and I did take that, <laughs> and for years. And um, anyway, somehow I made it through college. Um, and you were taking but, per, were you were taking Percocet all through college
0: and all oh, through. Yeah. yeah, I mean, oh yeah, yeah. Well, you 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 did legitimately need it for
1: for pain. I'm assuming right, at first, right. definitely at first, especially with the back yeah. injury. That shit's severe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and, but I went through this for a couple of years, got off of it, got active again, but then the injury came back, you know? And so going up. this is about 10 years ago. I was back in the VA, um, getting treatment for my back, um, getting cortisone injections. This time they stepped me up to MS Contin, um, Mm. and which is morphine sulfate, I think. Um, and, um, you know, I was chewing that like, candy like um like like those smarty pills (laughs) and then and then washing it down with uh with alcohol and all of that and then and then um my sleep was fucked up so they gave me some some benzodiazepam you know i was like that's like the perfect cocktail of just death Uh, oh yeah i was gonna say dude that's like just
0: fucking death right there
1: Yeah. And, um, probably, you know, the worst part about that and what I remember about it besides like kind of just being, um, sluggish was dude, I couldn't take a shit that, I mean, like, you know, when, when you're on opiates, dude, (laughs) it's so hard to take a shit, you know? Yeah. Vicodin,
0: I remember Vicodin just constipates like, like for like a week. You know, the only time I don't shit is when I go backpacking. Everyone fucks with me. They're like, you don't shit the whole time? They're like off taking dumps behind a tree. And I'm like, nope, I'm good. Unless I really got to go. But the, but the Viking and, and the,
1: yeah, dude, you, you literally cannot go physically. Uh, it does something to you. It's uh, brutal. Oh, man, it's, it's horrible. Anyway, so, so it was during um, that stint in, you know, during that cycle where I was in in a, a rehabilitation or physical rehabilitation, PT, physical therapy. Um, that I was laying on the ground doing some stretches and some exercises. And I, and I told the the physical therapist, I said, you know, I know you want me to do this 15 minutes a day, twice a day when I'm at home. I said, but I'm not doing it. You know, what else can I do? <laughs> yeah. Is there something else I could do to like, you know, it, like this kind of feels like, I, is this yoga? She says, yeah, this is yoga. Go to yoga studio. Hmm. So, you know, what I did is I looked on Groupon, found a Groupon for $40 unlimited yoga Signed up and, and at the time I was 274 pounds. Really? And, and using the narcotics um, you know, daily, using benzos, drinking. And um, I just said, you know, okay, I'm a cheap motherfucker. It's 40 <sighs> bucks for unlimited month. I'm gonna go 20 times uh-huh. and make each visit two bucks. And so I went 20 times, you know, five days a week for four weeks. And at the end of that, uh, that first 30 days, I was down like ten, fifteen pounds. Really? I would, I, um, because it was a hot yoga thing. I was like, I'm not drinking tonight because like it's gonna make me feel like shit tomorrow. So I cut my drinking way back by the, and then at the end of the month, I was like, okay, now you got to pay a hundred bucks to to keep this practice up, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm feeling something. You were invested
0: in it too, yeah. you know,
1: and and so I kept at it. By the end of month two, I was down like twenty five pounds. I had um cut my painkillers in half, was mostly off the alcohol. And then by month three, I was down about 35, 40 pounds, completely off the benzos, completely off the narcotics, no withdrawals on that. Um, Started doing acupuncture. And of course, you know, my mobility and my range of motion was, was coming back. And um so I just kept at it you know and then eventually after a couple years of that I was like ah oh, maybe I should take a teacher train. maybe I'll meet some cool yoga chicks <laughs> you know those and, yoga and, pants
0: kept you coming oh, back oh yeah right? <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> those and fucking, then, uh, those things should be illegal
1: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes they should be anyway um the um uh, well I'll tell you a secret of the of the teacher um the yoga teacher secret in, in a little bit but <laughs> the um the, uh, so anyway, so I, I continue to, to continue to train. And it was during the second teacher training thing that I did where it came up that like, fuck, everything I did was motivated by anger. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, so why am I so angry? Why was I angry? And I was like, and I was reading something that talked about like grief work or something. And, and it's like, well, you know, am I like, why should I be mad at my mom? And I was like, well, I know I, I was, you know, the reason why I was mad and why I wanted to go into the Navy SEALs and kill people. That's what I wanted to do, yeah. you know, was because my mom had a shitty fucking boyfriend when my parents divorced. Hmm. And, and, uh, his name was Jack. Uh, he died of cirrhosis of the liver, um, which made me really happy. Still kind of does. Cause he was a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> Yeah. And uh, so, if you're out there being a piece of shit to some single mom, um, you know, send Shane a message that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll forward it over your way, Dave. <laughs> yeah, and and you know what? And here's what I'll do. I'll I'll forgive you. There you I'll go. Find com- I'll, I'll find compassion for you. It's huge, um, bro. But but dude, the so I'll tell you a little story about like how bad this guy was. I was a 13, 14 year old kid, and I had a paper route my mom would go out drinking with this guy. Um, and, um, and he was just a, a leech, a sponge. Yeah. And, um, I had my, every month I had to go collect money, knock on the doors and say, you know, Hey, I'm collecting for the Tulare advance register. <laughs> Please yeah. spend, you know, give me four fifty. And, you know, if I was lucky, I'd get a five spot for a 50 cent tit, yeah. you know? And the way paper routes worked is you had to buy the papers and the supplies and all that stuff wholesale at the end of the month. Mm. So if you had sixty newspaper, or sixty customers on your route, you might make 60, 70 bucks, okay. you know, after you paid your expenses. Um, but I was pretty good at saving, you know. So I had I had money. I had this little, a little tackle box with a you know little key that you could open with a bobby pin. Um, one time, her boyfriend goes in and steals all my money, like right at the end of the month, $240 that I've got to go pay my bill down at the newspaper. Otherwise they're going to, they're going to sell my job, you know, and, um, confronted him and he says, I don't remember, you know, my brother wouldn't have taken it. Um, my mom ended up covering him and then I started calling him jackass, (laughs) you know, that was Jack. Yeah. And, uh, and then another time, he went through my piggy bank and stole all the silver coins, which is probably about $40, 50 bucks. Oh man, I wanted that guy to like do something physically to me or my brother or my mom, so I could go in and bash his head in with a hammer. That's yeah. that's and and I was putting my you probably had walls. those 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 visions too, huh? Like yeah. a vision,
0: like oh. the, yeah, you make up those stories, like I just want to fucking crush his face right now. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: absolutely, Angry. and I was. I was punching walls and dude, I was, I was an angry kid. Right. Um, so, so here's, here's the story. This is a true story, man. And, um, so one night my mom's out with him drinking at the bar, they get in a fight. She says, you know, fuck this shit. I'm walking home and it's bar on the wrong side of town, four or five miles away. It's two o'clock in the morning or whatever. She's walking home, van pulls over, they abduct her, um, four or five guys, um, Kidnapper, rape her, beat her up, and leave her for dead out in the field outside of town. Right. Oh, it. And then, so it's like probably a Friday night. I'm at home, you know, watching cartoons. This first time, mom's never come home. I'm watching cartoons Saturday morning. And, uh, and she comes by, you know, like her head's down. She's like covering herself. She says, I'm going to bed. I'm like, what happened? She says, Leave me alone. I'm going to bed. You know, and then it's I don't know what time it was, you know, but um she just was in bed all day and I go in at night and say, you know, what happened? And she's like, all beat up. Did Jack oh, do this? God. She said, No, Jack didn't do it. Um I'll tell you later. Sunday morning, you know, she she tells us what happened, me and my brother, and I'm like, Oh, just fucking pissed, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean and and I'm like a, I'm How old like were a, you at this I was thirteen, you know? Man, yeah. Kid. So yeah. So I was like Anyways, that's why I was so angry, right? And I was angry at my mom because, you know, here she was, you know, doing – she was an alcoholic. She was obviously not in control of what she was doing. Um, Hanging out with this jackass guy and who was a complete loser. My dad was, like, a a good guy. He's a solid guy. Um, You know, he drank but never, like, got – you know, tight or you know, yeah. beat us or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, he always had a good paycheck. you yeah. know, and, and solid and, uh, dude. Yeah, I mean, just anyway. Um, but but so I was like angry, and I, and, it, and it and I look back at all this stuff that was like anger motivated, anger motivated. I'm like, well, what's the antidote to anger? You know, like, how is there a way that that you, you know that is there a way that this could be a good thing? Like if you look back at your story and say, is there a way it was, it's a good thing. Hmm. And I'm like, that's pretty fucking tough to do with that story, bro. I know, I know,
0: I know know where you're going with it. I think I know where you're going, but let me just say, I'm sorry that that happened, bro. Cause I, you know, that's just fucking, that's a terrible fucking story, bro.
1: Well, no, it's, it's rough. Sure. But dude, look at what's on the other side of that. And it's okay. What if you can forgive, Mm-hmm. and find compassion for that. You know, there's a saying that, that anger is a poison that hurts the vessel that holds it, hmm. right? Have you ever heard that? I haven't, Ang- or not, anger, not at least like that. Yeah, anger is a poison that hurts the vessel that holds it. Hmm. And I got to thinking about this, you know, like, okay, so if that anger is hurting me, because I am now acting in things that are, you know, negative to me, whether I'm escaping through drugs or, you know, relationships or whatever it is, then, like, I'm the one being hurt. Sure, it's my anger. Is it justified? Hell yeah. yeah. But what if I can find the opposite of anger, which is forgiveness and compassion, right? And then express that. I mean, like, my mom's dead, you know. Um, jackass is dead. Um, but if I can find, and I don't have to say that, you know, she did the best she could, you know, yeah. cause come on, you know, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I mean, um, but find forgiveness and compassion in her and for me, you know, and so how, how have you been able to, to do that in such a I mean, that's, it, you want to define,
0: you know, I, trauma I do, as a kid. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a fucking. Example to a T right there.
1: So, so I did a lot of, I did some, some, a lot of journaling. I've done a lot of yoga. I've gone on several meditation retreats. We can talk about that. You know, if you want to hear about Vipassana or something like that. Well, no, because I mean the,
0: the, the forgiveness, compassion, um, you know, in my, in my newer journey with meditation and just my practice, which isn't very good yet, but I'm, I'm, that's why it's practice is the compassion, the forgiveness, um, concept of that in, in these meditation sessions is so strong in it and, and learning how to understand that and how to practice it, you know, is, um, it's not easy, but it it seems to be crucial at the same time. And that's kind of what you're getting at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So like, I I've come to the conclusion that, that human beings that we're supposed to be conduits, not vessels, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and so the, the thing is, is that we have a tendency to hold on to things, you know, yeah. whether it be possessions that, um, that, you know, or all the stuff yeah. or feelings that get bottled up inside and then blow up, yep. you know, um, whereas if we become more of a conduit, and this is something that I've experienced through meditation, is that you've, you see something come up or you experience it, you feel it, yeah. you observe it. And then you also observe it passing away, okay? Because mm-hmm. so everything is just a constant flow of changing sensations, changing sensations. Yeah. Things arise and then they pass away, and it could be everything you know, something from a little itch on your ear as you're just sitting there trying to trying to be mindful, and you're like, ah, that, I feel a sensation, my ear itches. Yeah, and let's just continue to observe it without reacting to it. And then all of a sudden, ah, all of a sudden I don't notice that anymore. Now I notice a bead of sweat dripping down my back or whatever it is, you know. And then that, then something else happens. And then you call your attention to your breath or yeah. whatever it is that you're, you're trying to be mindful of. And, um, and a lot of that came between the second and third time I'd sat at, at the Vipassana meditation retreat. Hmm.
0: Yeah. well, And I think a lot of that ties in with just what you're saying right now, um, or at least the way I understand it is that I, I keep coming back to the word impermanence. Everything is impermanent. There's a constant change. And I know like and they also talk about clinging. I'm clinging to things. Well, I'm clinging to a past relationship or a past trauma or I'm clinging to my crutch which is a a liquor bottle or you know a line of coke or whatever it is like that those things that give me those feelings. I want to feel like that all the time or I don't want to feel like that all the time. Well, the world is constantly Moving and it's constantly changing. So how do we live in a world that's constantly changing and not get stuck in those certain places? And I think that's where a lot of people have found themselves. I know I'm a good example of that, um, especially towards the later end when I was really um, just just fucking lost, Um, you know, and that's a really, really tough thing for for people to, to climb out of because that it's hard to open that door. It's just like right. it's it's kind of like when, when you were going back to um, with the with the first time you did um, yoga, you clearly defined a strategy that you were going to use. And maybe you didn't know that's what you were doing at oh, the yeah, time, yeah. but you didn't say like, I'm going to be a fucking yoga instructor and go do yoga for the rest of my life. You said, you know what? I'm going to try this shit out. I'm going to make a simple strategy. I'm going to crack the door to this and I'm just going to see what happens. And I think if we can allow ourselves to find enough energy and enough confidence and enough fucking anger or whatever is motivating us to do that and step out. That's when the ball starts to roll and and you can actually make some progress.
1: Yeah. You bring up a really good point. Okay. So like look at the behaviors that, that we're trying to, to either break like, you know, reaching for the beer, reaching for the drugs or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, or, but a lot of times those, are those behaviors become habits, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's like the way you drive home and you stop at the liquor store, you buy beer and cigarettes um, or, you know, whatever it is your, your pattern is, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so for me, like the drinking thing, and this this has happened um, probably about a month ago, you know, and I'm not, I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not 100% sober these days. I mean, like, you know, I'm having beer, couple times a month and like right now i'm okay with that because like physically um my health is amazing Mm -hmm. and you know a couple of my friends drink so we like to have a couple beers every now and then but here's one day that i I went and i I drive by the liquor store or the, the the mini market and i see the little sign um that says you know, lottery, $258 million or whatever it is. I'm like, I gotta go in and buy a ticket. I gotta go in and buy a ticket. And I'm like, and I walk in and I turn right and go straight to the back where that beer is. And I'm like, and before I even know it, my hands on it. I'm like, Holy shit. Wait, I didn't even think about it. I came in here to buy a lottery ticket. But yeah. I don't usually buy lottery tickets. I go in here and I usually go turn to the right and 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 grab a beer. Yeah. That's that's what my body knows. So habits are what um are are the unconscious brain that like the body has that memory. Yeah. You know? And and whether it's reaching for a drug or whatever it is. And so like when I went to the yoga class, you know, some people will say it takes six weeks to build a habit, others 21 days or whatever it is. But like you said, I, I committed to 20 classes in 30 days. And the other thing that I did was I was like, I'm not driving by the mini market anymore. You know, <laughs> instead of t- yeah. turning right to go to the mini market, I'm turning left to go to the yoga studio. Yeah. You know, and and honestly, after an hour, hour and a half of sweating that out, um, I don't feel like drinking beer i feel like drinking ice cold water and some electrolytes yeah you know? Oh yeah for sure um so so it's like for me replacing a positive habit um where a negative one or a, or a bad one you know that that's always been the way for me to to so what, improve. so what do you think though about the
0: person who who is not able to recognize that like i think that's a that's a common thing too Where somebody may do just what you just did, walk in and and subconsciously go in to grab a lottery ticket or whatever it is they're going in there to get, and do that. How I mean, and I I don't want to answer the question, but I'm going to fucking answer the question in my own opinion. I guess it's like you, (laughs) yeah, because I can't help myself. But like everybody's different, you know what I mean? And it's it's up to everybody to say like this is a problem. I feel like this is a problem. You know what I mean? I think that's that's really the hard part of it.
1: Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, so I think the first thing is you've got to recognize that there's something that you want to change, you know, and the reason why you want to change it, you know, and and it could be your health. It could be your family. It could be, you know, that you don't want to end up like, you know, the thousands of homeless people we see on the streets around in various towns, you know, that have just gone too far down. Um, And So like, you know, there's something you want to change. Yeah. And chances are, you know, like I used to think that like one of my top values was having fun and that drinking beer or wine um, was having fun. And it can be if you're limited to a couple times a month. You know, like you're a moderate drinker um, or one of those people that has the ability to put it down after two beers or something like that. But I, I tended not to be that way. You know, if I was going to get sauced, I'd, I'd go until the end, yeah. um, until there's none left or, you know, then I'm making a risky drive to go get more. Yeah. Um, and um, and then I realized that my health is a much more, you know, a higher value than that, that fun, that high, you know. And so it just wasn't congruent to me, you know, and, and, and like, you can't be healthy and drink every night, you know? (laughs) I mean, you you know, maybe for a month, you're not going to have any serious decline, but it's going to catch up to you. You know, it's going to fuck with you long-term. Do you ever, do you
0: ever, do you ever get scared though, that that might like, that that might one night or one day turn, you might turn back on that. I mean, is that ever a thought that's crossed your mind or? Um, you know, not so
1: much now because you feel um, like you're you you're know, on a better uh, path, right? Well, the, um, the, the thing that I've built into my life is, is accountability. Hmm. Um, you know, like, like I teach yoga three nights a week, you know? So that means number one, I got to be sober to teach it and I'll, I'm sober when I'm done with it yeah. and I'm thirsty, you know, I'm not like <laughs> wine thirsty, but and then the other thing on the other end, you know, um, I get up and I go to the gym in the morning at at five, so I'm usually up at four thirty having some coffee. Yeah. Um, you know, and um, you know, I'm at the gym. So, like, you have I a book, strategy. You have I a routine. I my days with things that are important to me that give me accountability. Yeah, that's awesome, you know? dude. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that um, but for the person that that. Is listening and saying like, okay, what is my habit? What's, you know, what's, what's my drinking habit like, or, um, you know, is it a place that triggers you? You know, is it the way you drive home from work and you know, you, you see those familiar trucks at the mini market? Yeah. Well, you know,
0: no. And that's, you know, that, that was, that was a good example of, of myself driving, you know, to work and, and having driving past this certain exit and white-knuckling it going, I'm not going to stop, I'm not going to stop, I'm not going to stop, and then pulling off and stopping every day. <laughs> yeah, every day. Yeah. And I, yeah. I was just telling my sponsor – I think, was it my sponsor or one of my homies? I can't remember now. But I was telling somebody recently, we were talking about this a little bit, and it got to a point where I would walk into the liquor store, and I didn't even have to tell the guy behind the counter what I wanted anymore. He just knew, and he just would hand it to me. Yep. and that was the moment when I said, "Man, I think I might have a problem." <laughs> you think, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, and that and that went on for quite a, quite a long time before, um, you know, before I I had tried to change um, some of those habits and some of those things. And I only had one way I could get to work. I couldn't go another way. So there was some really, really, you know, deep soul searching and stuff that I had to do to kind of overcome that. But I guess what I, what I wanted to kind of say too, is like, I think in, you know, certain cases, especially with, with somebody who is really, really struggling, like with addiction, with alcoholism, who is drinking daily, one of the biggest things, and and we're working on this step right now um, is denial. And so the person out there who is, is drinking every day, but functioning and doing like the normal day to day thing. And, and there's a lot of motherfuckers out there who, who are functioning. They live, they do jobs, they work, you know, they, they take care of their business, but at the same time, they either have the secret or they have this, um, you know, this lifestyle that they lead where alcohol or drugs is a, is a main part of it daily. And so it's like, where do you draw the line between, um you know somebody who is uh, you know can use alcohol as the tool that it's supposed to you know what i mean responsibly not drinking and driving a beer here a beer there and it can actually stop and somebody who is drinking you know obviously a lot more than normal and probably obviously has a problem but is in denial and doesn't
1: think they have a problem does that make sense like i'm mean, that's yeah. like such a tough thing yeah yeah so i mean to me, the thing is, I, I think you hit it on the head in, in that, is it like an unconscious thing that you just immediately have it, yeah. you pull over, you get the six pack or the pint or whatever it is, you know, the selected dose, and then you go home and you have that until it's gone. And then, and that's the reason why you only get the six pack or the, you know, the yeah. pint or whatever it is, is because you know, that's how much you can handle to keep in you, to your job. But yeah. um, the... B- there's a there's another saying that that I heard that you know you're literally when you notice those things happening w- whether it be an automatic thing whatever it is you're saying doing or whatever you're pulling over the clerk hands you the thing you stick your ATM in there you know it's like automatic your body is doing this yeah um you're on autopilot right For sure and it's like a so rush it's almost when, like a but, rush you know like but when just... you recognize that when you recognize that you're doing something that's on autopilot and it's not a conscious thing to get you what you want in life, you know, you're automatically tuning out, you know, and there's a, there's a saying that like, you're just creating highways in your brain. These neurons are associating that physical pattern, whether it be the way you drive home, the way, the spot that you park in, you know, the, uh, walking up to the store and it's the same, yeah. you know, the same guy, Pardeep, who's like, Hey, how are you doing, Shane? Yeah. He <laughs> yeah. knows,
0: he knows me and shit. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I mean that whole interaction and then and your brains associating that with the future reward of the intoxicant. Right. Yeah. And you're literally rewiring your brain there, you know, making that like a freeway. So it's always easy for you to get off on that exit. Yeah. You know, um, I, I think that you just need to recognize it and devise some sort of interrupt. You know, I mean, back in the day, yeah, um, there was a, an actor named Larry Hagman. Um, he was the, the the major on I Dream of Jeannie. Mm. Um, he was also on Dallas. He was JR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember and, the and, face, yeah. And he died of lung cancer. Um, but when he was diagnosed with lung cancer, there was this big anti-smoking campaign and Um, they created what was called the Larry Hagman wristband, which was simply a rubber band. And, you know, you'd wear a rubber band around your wrist anytime that you wanted to have a cigarette and you'd snap it and it (laughs) it would like be a pattern interrupt, you know? Um, and then like, so you'd associate with wanting a cigarette pull snap and now you've got like a a little negative feedback loop. Yeah. But it's also creating the sensation, you know, that, that makes you very aware of the sensations in your body. Um, And even something as simple as that, like, you know, like want beer, snap the wristband, something like that, you know, interrupt a pattern, um, find something positive to do. I have my my doctor, he told me, uh,
0: he told me when, for cravings, and we were actually talking about sugar cravings at the time to put it in context, but you know, these cravings and you can apply it to anything though. And he goes, man, he goes, he goes, rub your, rub your earlobe for Mm. 10 seconds. He goes stop and rub your earlobe. He goes, I know it sounds funky. He goes, try it. I fucking tried it. I thought this shit's this is not this is stupid. Like there's no way. And it actually it actually worked. It broke that pattern just enough to say, yeah, okay, I'm not gonna I don't need to eat that right now. Just yeah. the fucking get yeah. on the way. So I do see what you're saying, and I think everyone's different. Maybe they gotta, you know, maybe it's to take a walk or something. But I think right. that that's on point right there. You got to find right. something
1: to interrupt. Right. Well, and the other reason the earlobe is um, it's an acupressure point. And no. I don't know if you've ever had anyone that talks about EFT, emotional freedom technique, where it's the tapping. Um, you know who like, talked
0: about tapping was Jack Canfield.
1: Right. Yeah. I, that's where I'd heard that. But man, it's been a while. I don't really remember yeah. much about yeah. it. Yeah. J- tapping and, or EFT was in, in the 30-day the sobriety solution. Um, oh, okay. And and you Got talked it. with him about that, right? I, I did. Yeah, it was yeah. back
0: in I can't remember what. Episode, Couple years ago. Yeah, you hooked
1: me up with him, man. You're the king of yeah. hookups. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. but yeah, um, but but that can be a thing. Um, also, changing your breathing pattern um, works really well if you're like um, trying to sp- like quit smoking. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I teach pranayama, which is also breath work, or, you know prana is the the breath, the life force. Yama is the restraint of it. Mm. So there are certain breathing patterns that you can practice. These are really practical for people that um, you know stress anger. Um, uh, this will be something super practical. Um, prob- there there are, are two that are really easy to do. But like, for example, if you've ever smoked and, or you know people who smoke and take, take a smoke break, um, what's the first thing they do? Light the cigarette, take a long, Drag, hold it in for a second, <laughs> let
0: it go. Right, Fuck, right. Dude. Yeah, <laughs> I used to smoke, so yeah, just you just yeah. did that
1: sound. I'm like, oh, I God, I can't stand the fucking smoking now. But oh, I know, but you but know. it's a changing of the breath pattern. Yeah, your body doesn't really want the smoke. Sure, it gets addicted to the nicotine. I mean, that's been proven that they spiked it to make it extra, yeah. you know, chemically dependent on a nice of them, right? Um, but what? your body instinctively knows is it needs to change its breathing pattern Hmm. and it, and your body knows that by changing your breathing pattern that you can access, um, a different state of mind through breath. Okay. Now, um, there are a couple things. One is, um, breathing in and out through your nose. Um, then when you breathe in and out through your nose, it calms the vagus nerve, which runs between, um, the stomach and the heart huh. and um and so there's a nerve that runs all the way down like our through the the nasal passage all the way down yeah and it just kind of soothes it it's just like petting a cat you know and it, <laughs> it's like making that nerve purr yeah. um yeah. and so you can take a you know just breathe in through your nose and then exhale slowly through the nose And you got to do that six times. Hmm. Um, a Japanese study found that six times of repeating that uh, will change the state of your brain. Um, another one that can be really helpful for anxiety, anger, um, and also to fall asleep. As a lot of times, you know, um, you have a t- one of the things that causes this anxiety is like, can't get to sleep. I'm yeah. laying here thinking, Ah, I got a lot of work to do tomorrow. Yeah, my mind's just racing, yep. like all yeah. over the place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe that's why you know you have a couple glasses of wine before you go to bed. You know, because like that yeah. slows you down, and you can you can have a few glasses and you know go to sleep. Um, yeah. That's what I call it—go to sleep. Some other people might call it passing out. <laughs> <laughs> but but there's a, there's too. a there's a breathing pattern called four seven eight. Um, and, and so that's the, the number that you would count, like inhale for a count of four, pause for seven, just hold it at the top Hmm. and then exhale for eight and repeat that as often as you need to inhale four, pause seven, exhale eight. And you can make those counts longer as you begin to relax and Continue to exhale even longer. And before you know it, you'll either drop off to sleep or you'll notice that your anxiety and, and anger has yeah. been um, yeah. completely. So you're, you're, changed.
0: So you're saying you're, you're literally, you could do this in bed. You could do this before
1: bed. I mean, you could do it. Yeah, uh, it's you, a good time at nighttime it. practice. Another good place to do it is at a red light, you know, like during <laughs> traffic, you know, like instead of. Yeah, saying, you know. Uh, Fuck traffic!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Flipping the guy off next to you, you yeah. asshole. No, it's funny. Um, you mentioned that too. We, I think we get in this state a lot of the time where we have to have we we think that we have to have the perfect setting and we have to have the perfect spot and the perfect time to practice these types of things. And we don't. We can do them all the time throughout the day. And that goes for exercising. You know, dry, I think. I actually think it was Marv from one rep at a time on this last episode, episode 200, that talked a little bit about this. He talked about, you know, when you're when you're going and you come home from from work, and if if you have kids, you know, and you're and your kids there and they're happy to see you, pick them up and press them, you know, four or five times and have some fun with it, and little things like that. Although it might kind of sound goofy, but over a period of time, if you're taking those moments, just like you're saying at the stoplight. You're sitting there, take some breaths. Like you can practice this shit day in and day out throughout the day. It's never going to be this, or maybe it will be in certain times. You'll get to have some of that time where it's that perfect moment for you. But the majority of the time we're busy, we're doing things. You got to find time to do it, you know, w- when you can,
1: you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. You got to get the everyday stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because like, the like, like it's unusual for to go on, say, a meditation retreat where it's set up where you are, your whole daily program is all about meditation and creating an environment that's cool for that. Yeah. You know, what's, what's more important is to have a skill that you can employ during those little bits during your day to day life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, because that's going to make a bigger difference. What What it?
0: What is your perfect time for meditation? Like my, I like to do my shit in the morning. Like that's I, my favorite time. I'm coffee. definitely a morning.
1: I'm, like a, I'm definitely a morning person. Dude, it's yeah. so
0: legit. Like starting my day like that. Some water, some coffee, some meditation prayer. And um, the days, you know, when I'm locked in on that, because, you know, some mornings are gnarly and it might mess your schedule up a little bit. But um, when I'm dialed in like that, my days are much better.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. For me, um, I've always been morning. Um, it's just morning is, is the time to get up and do stuff for either fun stuff or, or your own projects or, you know, before anything, nobody's going to take, um, four to 6am from me. Yeah. You know, And, and it sounds crazy. Like you really get up at four, like, dude, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's I get my up to, time, you know? I, I got to wake up, you know, Jocko and say, hey, post your 4.30 thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, dude, I, so, I, so you just brought that up. Funny, because I forgot, but I remembered about 20
0: minutes ago, I was racking my brain trying to think, who the fuck was it that sent me the Jocko, like you, you know, you uh you lost today? Good. And that
1: was you, right? Oh, yeah, you sent yeah, yeah. me that
0: so talk about that mindset a little bit, because that was fucking great, dude. I, you sent well, that to me one a month or two ago and I watched yeah, it a yeah. bunch of times. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, there's okay, so there's a, a it's a short, maybe two minute YouTube video from Jocko Willink. Um you can just anybody could Google Jocko I'm Good. gonna
0: I'm gonna find it yeah. right now while you're talking yeah. and I'm gonna put it in the show notes.
1: Yeah, Jocko Good. And, And basically the, the idea of, of, um, anything that happens, um, you can say good to Hmm. like, Oh, you didn't get the promotion at work. Good. Yeah. More time to prepare, you know? Oh, you, you hit, you know, whatever it was. I mean, like you didn't get the, the gear you wanted. Good. Yeah. We'll find ways to improvise, you know? Oh, you didn't max out your bench press good. Now, you know, that got tapped out. Good. You're Now, you know what doesn't work?
0: Your boner, your boner doesn't work. That's not good. That's the only thing I could come up with when you sent me that, that I was like, nah, that's not fucking good. But everything else. Yes.
1: You know, um, (laughs) I had a guy early on in my podcast, um, who had prostate cancer and and had his prostate removed and he, and he couldn't get a boner. And, and you know what he said? Hmm. He said, that it unlocked new levels of intimacy with his partner, that he wouldn't trade it for the world. Really? That is, that is interesting. Yeah. I mean, like, so, but I mean, that was him. Yeah. And, and, um, Well, that's the concept of it, right? You can find the good in anything if you. Okay. Okay. So, so look at, you know, like, like when my back injury happened and You know, I went to college with a big prescription of narcotics and a fucking cane, you know. I mean, I hobbled around college, UCSB, Party Central with a cane, dude. I mean, like, I was getting fat because I wasn't able to work out. And (laughs) Jesus, I mean, like... And I look back at that and I think, that was the worst thing that ever happened to me. I mean, it stole my athleticism. It stole yeah. my, my military dream. But then, now, looking back at that, you know, it's like 20-something years ago, I'm like, okay, somehow, it makes sense. That, that put me in a physical therapist's office who told me to go to yoga. Hmm. That changed my life. I've changed, you know, hundreds, if not thousands, of other people's lives just by doing what I do yeah and like people say oh a big guy can do it you mean and then when they hear that I started when I was fucking crippled and on drugs yeah you know and now I'm not you know I mean I ran the LA marathon last year how'd that go it was painful (laughs) (laughs) so what it's gonna be a few years before I do another (laughs) you know but but anyway I mean that that's like like um another thing you know like When when I um, and it led me to even start a YouTube channel, Yoga with Navy Dave. Nice. Um, So you know I've got videos up there that have been seen by people in something like 130 countries. (laughs) You know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, I mean, and and uh, you know, so that injury was one of the best things that ever happened to me.
0: No, and that you know what that's that is a a great point right there in the fact that. I think it rolls over into the victim mentality. I played the victim mentality for a long time. A lot of a lot of folks feel me on that. On have gone through that. They understand it. A lot of people probably don't too. So let me break it down a little bit. In my own experience, was you know just what you're talking about trauma. You know shit that that we have been through as kids, as childhoods. We, we blame people. Why, why didn't this happen to me? Why didn't I have the father that I always wanted? Why, you know, why didn't I get this job? Why am I drinking so much? All those types of things. And, and what it does is it sets up that victim mentality and it fucking haunted me for many, many years. And it wasn't until I you know number 1 I got sober and then I started to to work on myself and work a program and start to to listen and and learn how to take advice drop my ego my pride and and start to understand myself and what happened was this fucking amazing thing where I started to be able to embrace those those challenges in my life and those things that hurt me and that that turned me into having that victim mentality as The things that made me who I am today and it's so fucking powerful and I'm not saying by any means I have it all figured out or anything like that but I there's something about it that I can feel inside my gut and my heart where I can embrace a lot of that shit now instead of uh, turning my back on it in anger and turning my back on it and, um, and, and running from it and running to drugs, running to alcohol. And that kind of leads into this too. You know, we've talked a lot about the alcohol, you know, and, and, um, and addictions and stuff too. That's the face of the problem. What's the real problem. That even goes back to what you were talking about with, with yoga, those, those hurts, those hangups, those things, they, they dwell deep, not only in our hearts, but in our bodies and stuff too. The alcohol is a symptom of that pain. So we have to find a way, you know, to, if we're going to cut that shit out, we have to find a way to take a deep look at what it is that's haunting us and why we're choosing to go down that path of, of using, you know, substances or whatever the fuck it is to, to help us get through some of that stuff, you know, right? crazy shit.
1: you're free to hold on to it, man. You're free to hold on to that pain, you know. But hopefully, this journey on life is going to be a long one. Yeah. And, I you know, so. and, and yeah. like you told me before the show that you're getting ready to go on a backpacking trip. Yeah. You know, and, and like the longer the journey, the less you want to carry. And, <laughs> <laughs> hey, that is dull, man. That's a phenomenal so, analogy. You know, so deal with yeah. it, you know. I mean, it's, it's like, you know, you start to deal with it, you start to move through it. And, and for me, what I, what I found was that the yoga, the practice, was really okay. It was an access to vitality, like where I was all stuck because I couldn't shit because <laughs> I was on narcotics, you know, um, got things moving again. It got my mm-hmm. circulation going again. It got my organs healthy again. It got my endocrine system healthy again. Yeah. So it got so I started feeling good. I started feeling vital, you know, yeah, and then and then, it got me healthy so I got strong again, right? Like yep. you know, and I could and then once you're, you know, healthy and strong and things are moving and you're not holding on to as much, you're not collecting as much, that's when you start to find freedom. Dude, totally, man. That and
0: that it's so true. Like and as this goes live since you mentioned it, this'll when this is live, I'll be on the Pacific Crest Trail up in Tahoe National Forest on a backpacking trip and I'm gonna take about I don't know probably 50 pound. I always say I'm gonna to try to pack in 35 or 40. It ends up being 50 or 55 because I gotta take all my you know extra shit that I think I need that I don't need. But by the end of the trip, hopefully I've lost some of that stuff and I'm I'm rolling back. So it's a great analogy. Now yeah. I, I I want to mention how much time do you have? We're already fuck, dude. It's crazy, bro. We're already an hour in, man. We just chatting yeah. it up. Um, but I I did want to mention though the the combat mat because that all came out. You know you, you've had this you know, this journey into, in you know, from the shit that happened to as, as a kid with jackass and your mom and then going to the Navy, getting addicted to prescription pills, finding yoga, all that stuff has led into now you've created this, this awesome, you know,
1: combat, mat. So tell, well, tell me, tell us a little bit about what it is and how it kind of came up. Yeah. So, so the, the idea was as, as I, got into yoga and as I started to realize the healing that I was, that was happening in my body and, you know, um, and I started studying about yoga and PTSD, yeah. um, and very effective treatment and, and, uh, and I got to thinking, okay, so now I'm, I'm practicing yoga. It's helping me find freedom, not only with my body, um, freedom from pain, freedom from, from drugs, freedom from, you know, just, Hold the shit that holds you down. Yeah, you know, um, and really, you know, whether it be emotional hurts or whatever, and I, and I thought, um, as I was looking around, I I didn't see any badass yoga mats, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. like I started with with an eight dollar purple mat from Ross or something like that, you know, <laughs> and then I tried a few others, and um, you know, and and I I've I've tried you know almost every super premium yoga mat on the market. And, um, I, I found, um, a manufacturer who could do what I want, make it a little wider to accommodate men's bodies a little longer because a lot of times they're just like, you're hanging over the yoga mat and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then for, I don't know how it came up, but I thought, you know, more veterans and, um, more veterans need to be involved in yoga Mm -hmm. and, and get on a mat to have that healing, um, and but there wasn't one that was specifically like marketed to men, and the name Combat Map popped into my head, yeah. And yeah. I thought it had a nice ring to it, yeah, yeah, badass. And, and, and the domain was available, so I was like, I registered <laughs> the domain, and then I started looking for a manufacturer that could do what I wanted for it. And um, and so, um, found finally found one after several tries. It took a long time to find the right formula and all of that, um, because. Like as you, you find out, you know, if you're going to lay on a mat for an hour a day in your sweat, you don't want to have a mat that's got chemicals and phthalates and all that kind of stuff that mess up your hormones and endocrine system. We've got enough problems with that, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so that's what it is. And it's, it's a natural rubber mat polyurethane top, um, non-slip. So, um, you can sweat on it and it doesn't get slippery. Um, and, uh. Yeah, it's fucking badass. Yeah, dude. Combatmat.com. Co-
0: yeah, I was just gonna ask you. So combatmat.com, it comes in all types of different colors and camo uh, and actually bright. I've
1: got no I've just got blue and black right now. Solid yeah. though. Two so, solid yeah, so, ass colors. So so I'm I'm working on a camo pattern. Um I've I've tried a couple, but the manufacturer hasn't gotten it right yet, you know. And really. Yeah. So um we're still working on that.
0: I got to try one of these things out, man. Combatmat.com. I'm going to check it yeah. out. Yeah, cuz we're going to have a we're going to have a yoga session on the backpacking trip. Remember I was telling you, my homeboy Scotty's going to oh, yeah. lead it up. So, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. We uh, we did some yoga out in Oakland not too long ago too, man, uh, at uh Ume Yoga Studio with Chelsea R- uh, Rappel. She did a, a it was a recovery meeting. Um, and then right following, well, we did a podcast, then we did the recovery meeting and then we did yoga right afterwards with the same group. It was really fucking cool, dude. Like, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm no yoga expert by any means, so I'm not the most flexible bastard out there, but I, you know, it was, it was awesome, dude. I, I gotta, you know, it's like anything you just practice and keep it moving. Yep, yeah. Yep. Good as, stuff, as, dude.
1: Yeah. With practice, all things are coming. That's what the, uh, mm. the father of modern yoga says. Hmm. Um, and, that, and that's you know probably goes well in the, in the sober community too right hell yeah I agree man um, always good to talk to you uh, what are you at At
0: David Ratchford on Twitter uh, combatbat.com.
1: You know, yeah and it's at or you know I'm at davidratchford.com or on Insta I'm not super active on Insta right now I've just kind of been burned out on that one so it's like eh, pick that up later maybe
0: thanks man I appreciate you coming on man.
1: Hey, it's been it's been good.
0: Thank you so much. Be sure to check us out at thatsoberguy.com. Thanks for tuning in today, pistol love, respect. Keep your blood tone.